Good evening, fellow quack addicts. David Piper, Rusty Ryan, slinging quack. We got a good amount of quack today. We got yeah. a hot take. Um, Before we get to that, look, we got to apologize because we had a show last week. We had a really kick-ass show last week. Yeah. And um, none of you get to hear it because of technical difficulties. I'm trying to get it squared away. Um, I mean, yeah. it's still relevant. We could still post it like in a week. Yeah, a big recruiting blowout. Uh, if we can get it working, we'll still try to post that. Mm-hmm. But so far, it's been not super successful. So um, we'll try. We'll give it another go. Um, so, hey, maybe bonus double quack this week for some of you. Hopefully, <laughs> we get things working properly. Yeah. Um, uh, but for, for this uh, this episode, let's talk some hoops. Yeah. Hoops quack. Um. I went to the Oregon game Sunday against Washington It's crazy how much Oregon beats Washington State by when Washington State doesn't shoot like 70%. Yeah, that game was, we got out 12 nothing, and that game was over right I think away. I looked down, and then I looked up like a couple minutes later, and it was like 33-10. to 10. Yeah. Um, Oregon just destroyed them. Uh, Dwayne Benjamin played really well. Joe Young played really well. Um, frustrating because uh, going to that game, I was really excited to see Jordan Bell live, and then Jordan Bell decided to be a make a not very good decision uh, and got himself suspended for that game. To be fair, sometimes those parking ticket givers are real sticklers. Yes. That said, uh, getting cited for harassing the... <laughs> The parking officer is probably not the smartest choice. I don't know. The NWA trailer came out for their new movie. Maybe he was feeling a little hyped after seeing it. <laughs> um, in any case, Oregon looked really good. Uh, you know, dominated a team that they should dominate. And you're, you're starting to hear some talk around this team kind of approaching that bubble status. and you know, Which is ridiculous if you think about where we kind of like expected this team to be at the beginning of the year. Yeah. I mean, I still don't think this is a tournament team. I think this is an NIT team, which given where we expected this team to be is an accomplishment in and of itself. Yeah. Uh-huh. But if they actually like, basically for them to make the NCAAs, they'd have to go on a run, you know, like a pretty good run between now and the end of the year. But Or in the Pac-12 championship game. The way they're playing, I'm not going to say that's not possible. Yeah. Because they're playing really well right now. Yeah. Um, you know, they're starting to find that balance where they're not so dependent on Joseph Young. And Benjamin's really picked up, uh, you know, quite a bit of a scoring load. And Dylan Brooks is, you know, he keeps him getting better throughout the season. Um, so so it's a it's an improving team. They play a really exciting brand, leading scoring team in the Pac-12. Need to get a little better on the defensive end, but really kind of clamped down early in that game against Wazoo and just weren't giving up any good shots. Um, you know, just a, just a really, I think, solid performance all the way around against the Cougars. Uh, now you, you have this week, you go down, you do the L.A. trip, uh, USC, UCLA. Uh, look, both on the road, but also both very winnable 
uh, yeah. Um, and Oregon's going to have to win some other. They got five of seven uh, that are left on the road, and that's what. It's not easy. You know, they're they're going to have to make hay in those games if they want a tournament shot. So, what do you think their chances are of beating USC? Very, very, very high because USC is terrible. Okay, at UCLA. Yeah, see, that's I mean, it's a little more of a toss-up game. We beat them by eighteen at home last time. UCLA is so Jekyll and Hyde because they look awful. Like against Oregon last time, they look awful. Oh Uh, yeah, I was at that game. But they've swept Stanford. I mean, they've beaten Utah, and then they've laid some real aches. Just a weird team, as we expect from UCLA and everything, I guess these days. Except water polo. Well, that's because there are only like three teams that have water polo. There are twelve. Oh, we Sorry. we bonded about it. We talked about this one time. Yes. Uh, Colorado. We haven't played them yet this year. No, we will have them the week after. We have Colorado, Utah at home. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, big news! Uh, Utah tickets are fifteen dollars. Yeah, and you, not only are they fifteen dollars, but you can go see the. The Heisman Trophy and the Rose Bowl Trophy. And the Pac-12 Championship Game Trophy. And take photos. How cool is that? Take food. This is your chance to take photos for the Heisman and see a good basketball team. And it's only going to cost you And see you the Ducks play. Bucks. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> cost you 15 bucks. Uh, do it. I would definitely recommend to do it. Um, because apparently nobody else has. <laughs> Which kind of brings me to my next thing. Um, and, you know, if you've been harping on it on the Twitter all week and, we, and Sean I think it was Sean had an article about it on ATQ last week um, holy crap nobody goes to our basketball games I knew it was bad because I went to the game against UCLA January 24th and it wasn't that great of attendance and then like I remember watching the game against Washington State and normally on TV, you can't see that much of the stands because it's so zoomed in on the court. But even then, you could tell there was not a lot of people there. So here's the thing. like, um, For anybody who's been to Matthew Knight Arena, and if you live locally and haven't after five years, um, you really need to get out to a game there. But... The, the way the student seating works is, um, you know, just like Matt Court, there's a courtside student section. Um, it's, it's bigger than the one at Matt Court was. It stretches the whole baseline on that side. And then uh, you've got like one end, uh, you've got one of the end lines all the way up to the rafters that's student section. <sighs> there was the the courtside student section was probably two sections short of being full and there were maybe four or five rows of students uh, along the end line there and then 30, 40 just empty rows yeah it was bad it was bad um, and we're going to talk a lot about attendance today and um you know talk about why fans go fans don't go um you know what can happen but i i guess to me the most there is an attendance problem uh, not just at oregon but across the conference and 
I've got an article here from me in the Orange County Register from uh, Sunday talking about how PAC or, uh, attendance is down at nine of the 12 um, PAC-12 schools this year. Uh, and Oregon is the worst. It's down 24%. Uh, some of which is understandable because I know some people are a little turned off by what happened in the off season. But down 24% from a figure that wasn't great to begin with. Like, let's not pretend that people all of a sudden stopped coming this year because of that, because people haven't been coming. Um, and let's not pretend that it's just a Matthew Knight Arena issue, because I don't think in the last few years at Matt Court anybody was coming. No. Um, and so, you know, th- there's a lot of, of moving parts to that. But the, the student section, I mean, my God, all, you know, all... All you have to do is walk across a parking lot. I mean, literally, that is all you have to do is walk across the parking lot. But Dave, you have to go online and get a ticket. It's um, <laughs> and it's like I, you know, I get it if like the team is awful, like if the team is just bad, and you're you're finishing last in the conference, and it's like unless you're a, a real super diehard, like maybe you got something better to do. But all this team does is win 20 games and make the NCAA tournament every year. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and you know, I, we all want to we all want to harken back to nostalgia. And I, I think about my freshman year, which was uh, 2001-02, and of course we won the Pac-12 or the Pac-10 in basketball that year. And you know, I we'd get we'd get there an hour early to just to be able to get seats where we could actually see the game. Um, and that was a team I think that a lot of people were were really in love with the Freddie Luke and Luke team, but um, such a good team. It's a great team, but we're a long we're a long way from that uh, at this point. Yeah, I mean I don't just just swaths and giant sections of empty student section. Uh, you know, for what's really been a pretty good on-court product, and and like I said, it it you know you can make the uh, oh well, people are turned off by the basketball team this year. Argument: This is not a new phenomenon. No, this is a this is a, a several year now phenomenon. Of we have a reputation for having a really good student section. I mean, we don't like it's bad. Yeah, I remember like. When I was like a senior in high school, like 2007, 2008, like those those games were nuts. Like the student sessions were nuts and like nationally known. And now it's just like, it's such a far cry from that. Yeah. And, 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 and you know, to be fair, I mean, the, the, the year I picked out and the year you picked out, those are both like elite eight kind of years. Uh-huh. With very special teams, mm-hmm. um, and, and I can definitely say there were other years where I was at school there where, you know, the student section was not nearly as robust. Um, never to the point where the the court side seats weren't full, but certainly up in the mat court bal- balcony um, where the bulk of the student section was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there there were certainly plenty of times where there were plenty of seats to be had. Um, yeah, but I mean, even when I was, when I had my first year at Oregon, 
which was my actual sophomore year, so like 2009, 2010, it was the, yeah, it was 2010, uh, January 2010 was when I started, like, that year was awful, that was a bad year, uh, it was one of the last years at Matt Court, but the pit area still filled up way before tip-off, and now that's not even the case. And I have a theory of why. I know I we're probably going to just end up exchanging theories back and forth. Here's my first theory. For this, this is directly relating to student attendance. I think that since the Flutie effect has taken hold on college football, the Flutie effect is like if you have a good college football team or a player who wins the Heisman then you'll see a huge surge in national applications to the school, um, which is coined after Doug Flutie's great year he had at Boston College, resulting in like record uh, applications for the school. And Oregon's had that for a few years now. And I think that now that the campus is so much more like national-focused, I mean, even considering that out-of-students out-of-state students pay more so they probably have a higher preference for admittance um that there's such a bigger emphasis on the football team like people came to know Oregon for the football team and they're like football fans but they may already have like their own favorite basketball team um from or they wherever may they're not from care about basketball at or all. they don't care about basketball and I think that's a huge part of it is that they're there for they made the decision based off football and basketball is kind of a side story. And sure, and especially, you know, if, if when, you, when you're following a team that's perennially top five, top ten every year, I mean, a team that's just a kind of a good little team is just, isn't really that exciting or sexy next to it. Yeah, it's kind of like, oh, we're trying to get into the playoffs? Well, Oregon's football made the national championship. It's kind of like, oh, wait, we're not even ranked right now? Well, I'm not going to go to there. It's like, oh, but... The ranking systems for org for basketball and football were completely differently. Yeah, um, I definitely see some of that. I mean, some uh, yeah, spoilage in the student fan base. Although, um, I, I wonder if part of it too is, you know, for for all of Ernie Kent's flaws. Um, as a basketball coach, the one thing that he did a very, very good job of was selling his program, selling his team, selling his program, getting getting the students excited, getting the community excited. Uh, Dana Altman, I mean, he, he's clearly superior as a basketball coach. Like the actual on floor product is better. But are you sure? He, I'm kidding. He doesn't actually sell, like he doesn't do anything to sell his program. He's not a particularly charismatic man. Mm-hmm. Um, not saying that he's an unpleasant man by any means, um, but you know he, he. But he's not getting you to buy anything. No, like 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 nobody's like you know what like I'm really pumped up for Dana Altman. No one says has ever said that. <laughs> um. And so I wonder almost if like that 
you know, you have to sell it. Maybe part of the, you know, maybe part of the indication of a problem. But um, certainly, it's not something that I would say Altman does well. Yeah, I mean, one of the things too is this is going to sound like really like dumbed down, but it's. Like, what do you get when you go to see an Oregon basketball game? You know what I mean? Like, if, if you think about the football team, you know you're going to get a great team. You know individual players on it. You know what type of football they play. Do you know what you're getting if you if you go to a uh, Oregon Duck basketball game? Well, you're sure. I mean... You know the the product on the floor is really good, but then again, I'm a basketball junkie. Like I'm a mm-hmm. basketball guy, um, and not everybody, you know, not everybody's a basketball junkie. Like, not everybody's sitting there like me, being like, "Wow, like that's a really kick ass matchup zone," or <laughs> right, whoa, like they're they're really using the, the, you know, they're really switching between the zone press and the man press really well. They're Mm-hmm. whatever like you know that's just not most people um you know for, from like just me a, that's not me bas- no I mean, from a technical basketball standpoint like hey the games are great um it, you know and i i do, do wonder if you you know you talk about knowing the players and all that there undoubtedly has been a ton of roster turnover under all i mean mm-hmm. that's that is undeniable you know i'm trying to think of like long-term fixtures of the program and, and you know Johnny Lloyd obviously and EJ Singler and other than that it's like is there anybody who's really been around for like a long time no like, you have no. to go back to like Aaron Brooks and Tuan Porter yeah um you know and, and not all of that's Altman's fault um you know he was he was handed kind of a shit sandwich when he came in and he, he went and found some guys you know the Strobridges and the Olu Ashalus and whatnot to kind of fix things um, the Kazimis had, had some the Arsalan Kazimis you know, love those guys he, he's had some trouble with, with some high school guys not working out whether it be Jabari Brown up and quitting the team or um, certainly the artists and Dotson who looked like they could be kind of some of those long term fixture guys making just absolutely abhorrent decisions and uh you know necessitating their removal from the program Mm -hmm. um you know there's some really exciting freshmen on this team when you look at dylan brooks and uh jordan bell and ahmaud rory and and casey benson but it i i think people are conditioned right now to think oh well it's not going to work out. Everybody's going to be gone, and it's going to be kind of a new roster next year because that's yeah. kind of what they've gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe there is a standpoint of like it's hard for some people to identify uh, with this team, and that's you know that's certainly something that I would say is a big impediment for some people, like becoming really invested. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I mean, I totally agree because there was the like when I was coming up, there was like Luke Ridenour, Luke Jackson, 
Then there was Aaron Brooks. And, uh, uh, how am I forgetting his name? Who was the power forward that was, who was dirty? Like the same, who was there at the end of Aaron Brooks' time? Or no, he was there at the beginning of Aaron Brooks and like the end of Tuan Porter. You're not talking about like Malik Harrison or Mark Yeah, or... Malik Harrison. Yeah. And, and I was like, I knew that those guys were going to be like back next year and I knew their thing and like, it's kind of like how people got super excited about Mariota, but on a much lesser scale. Uh, and it's just kind of like, I look at like the team, like in the off season, I'm like, I really don't know how this team is going to look. And it's really hard to get excited about a team that you don't know what's going to look like when you don't know what it's going to look like. And then yeah, it seems like that's the case kind of every year. Yeah. So, I mean, it's really hard to like, like we love, we love our ducks. Right. Um, but it's hard to get like very like emotionally attached really, which is what happens as a fan. It's hard to get like emotionally attached to a team when you're really just cheering for laundry, you know, as Seinfeld put yeah. it. I, I definitely see that. Um, but so, 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 you know, let, let, let's kind of go here then. And again, we'll talk about general like paid attendance here in a few minutes, mm -hmm. but just from a student standpoint, because I think that like they're, they're, you know, it's not costing the athletic department any money per se, whether students do or don't show up. Oh, because all that's prepaid for. Of course, but there, but there are like still a whole lot of tangible benefits to, you know, packing your student section when you look at just creating a better atmosphere for your players, uh, creating a better home court advantage. Um, creating a better atmosphere for recruits that are going to get people more excited, mm -hmm. a better atmosphere for television that are going to get people more excited. Right. Um, so there's because still a if, whole bunch of reasons why you want to fill up that student section, even if it's not necessarily meaning dollars and cents. So what, you know, and I'm sure that Oregon has, well, I'd like to think that Oregon has smarter people working on this than us, except for them. They do stupid things like have DJs and think that's going to solve their issues. But <laughs> I don't um, think that that they think having a DJs will solve the issue. Um, but but what it, like what is actually going to like help this issue? What is what is going to you know? Let's say you become. Rusty Ryan, Oregon athletic director, which I've been advocating for um, a while now. I I would be in support of this move, um, for sure. What or are like you the director doing? of fan game day experience? What are you doing to try to uh, improve that student attendance? Oh, the student attendance. Yeah. That's tricky because just to improve attendance, it's easy. Charge yeah, less. We'll, we'll we'll talk about general. We'll like we'll talk about the paying customer here shortly. But let's just let's just you know student attendance. What would you do to improve student attendance? This is tough. Here's what 
as I'm talking through this problem. Here's what I wouldn't do. Free pizza. It's not a great look. I don't think that's like enough of a change to the value proposition to get people to come. Second thing, the shoes. Those are cool, but also like non-necessary. Like I think the biggest thing is creating like some dynamic, like some some story, like a reason to go and watch. Because believe it or not, like fan attendance isn't determined by team success. Like having a really good team helps, but that's not the ultimate determinant in what gets people to go. Like bad teams have record attendance all the time. Or not record attendance, but sell out all the time. Um So what is that reason though? You can say give them a reason to go, but what is what is a reason to go? Well, we'd have to run focus groups and surveys. Um, I mean, because my I mean my answer to that is obvious. Obviously, what we have is we have an investment problem, right? Right. We have I mean, a problem of we have a student body who's not invested in the basketball. Good team, call. Good which, call. which is what I go back to. I mean, you need. You need somebody who's going to market their program and who's going to actively go out of their way to make the students feel like they're a part of that program, Mm -hmm. in my opinion. Right. And I mean, like, for example, like a few years ago when the Blazers were really, really bad, they had the whole campaign rise with us. So it wasn't centered around the Blazers being good. Like they were like saying rise with us is pretty... It's pretty much saying we're not good right now, but we will be in the future. So start off with us now. Like start off attending yeah. the games now. Um, that's like one way of doing it. And normally like colleges will try and promote one athlete a ton, but it's really hard to do that when Joseph Young is kind of unfairly lumped in with a lot of the other offseason stuff that happened. Um, so... I mean, and what we have in, like, Dana Altman is, like, think of Ernie Kent as, like, Mike Bellotti in the sense that he really caters to the fan base and is, like, a college coach. Like, he caters to the boosters, and he focuses on recruiting, and he caters to the student body. And then Chip Kelly is much more in line with, like, Dana Altman and where they want to coach. And they're not so interested in, like, pumping up the student body. They're not so focused on, like, the athletic department's bottom line as much as they are with winning, which, you know, works out really well when you do win. Um, but, yeah, you got to have a reason other than other than just winning. Because that, that doesn't do the trick, especially on, like, a Saturday afternoon, like – People, like especially students, are tired and honestly very hungover from the night before. Like the chances of them dragging themselves to like Matthew Knight at twelve just to watch good basketball isn't high when they can just like watch it on TV. Um, you know, like there's a lot of other things in Eugene. Like everything, like sports is part of the entertainment package, in that people split up their budget for sports the same way they split it up with like 
going to movies, like going on dates, going out to eat or whatever. And so basketball isn't just competing against like dead space. It's competing against like FIFA or whatever, or like going to see this new movie. And right now, I don't think that the product of like the messaging or whatever around around Oregon basketball is creating enough of a value proposition to outweigh the other opportunities that are available to students. Sure, because when you look at football, it's, you know, not just are you getting a, like, really kick-ass football team, especially right. relevant every year, but you're getting tailgating. You're getting a social experience. You're getting, I mean, there there's a lot of things going on with the football program, things like, uh, you know, game day, for example, which, hey, kind of really cheesy, but... What's the fo- what's the focus on on game day? Call like, game day? When game day comes down. Yeah. Oh yeah. The focus is the focus is on the fans, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that show is all about the fans. And mm-hmm. so um beyond just hey, the football team is really awesome, like there is a whole lot of fan buy-in with that program because um I I think there have been reasons given for the fans for the student fans to feel uh like they are a part of that success and i'm not sure that the same thing can be said with the basketball success and i don't know how you change that like i don't necessarily off the top of my head know how do you turn basketball into like a social experience the way football is how do you um, create that investment. What what can you provide additional to just the product on the floor um, that's going to give those... Look, the ones that are coming are the diehard basketball fans, the guys who just... And gals who just, hey, yeah. we love basketball. I want to be a What do you do to get basically like the student who's maybe not a diehard basketball fan, but, you know, would come because it's a good time and um and, and honestly the th- the thing about and the, and the reason it's important to get those not just because it creates a better environment but because once you get them in like once they're there enough you can turn them in what do you mean by hardcore turn them in fans. oh turn them into hardcore oh so move them from casual fans to avid fans yeah figuring out what that is like what that social experience is that's going to get people in that's beyond what I've thought about right now but that's what you somehow have to do I think yeah and I mean I think that's really the key because it's not just the fact that it's Matthew Knight Arena I think that that it is Matthew Knight yeah I think that it is Matthew Knight Arena and it has a larger capacity than Matt Court makes the makes the problem more evident but i don't but let's think let's not pretend that we were selling out matt court every night oh we weren't we barely were like we were barely like getting good attendance like maybe there were more students there um, but outside of that and look i loved like going to games in matt court was great the environment was awesome but a there you know the, the, let's not let's not forget that there were so many reasons why it needed to be replaced a it was a complete fire trap like but didn't that make it a little more exciting sure but just from a safety standpoint like (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, it, it was a complete fire trap. It was, I mean, it was hard to recruit to. If you're a recruit, what are you more impressed with? Oh, well, this is your commitment to basketball that you have a falling apart dump for a building. <laughs> it's a place of tradition. And uh, th- th- there wasn't like there, it wasn't really upgradable. Like the the the, the yeah, problems retrofit it. weren't something that you were going to be able to just say, oh well, we can fix this. Like it had to be replaced. And look, they they did a lot of things right when they built Matthew Knight Arena. It was going to be a modern building, like it just was. It's a mini rose but garden. Not, I mean, not really though. Like the seats are much closer to the action. Good call. There are no luxury boxes blocking anything out. They purposely didn't put any luxury boxes because they wanted to keep the seats closer. Um, and I've been, you know, I go to two or three games a year. And I've, I, it just so happens that, I, you know, many of the games uh, I've been to are, are, have been, you know, Arizona last year, uh, Washington the year before. Arizona last year, the, the, the place was sold out. I mean, that place was loud, like, mm-hmm. you know, every bit as loud as Matt Cord ever got. But problem is, it's only sold out, what, six, seven times in five years. Yeah, which is not you know, being for, friendly to the price For tag. a really big game, like Arizona last year, obviously a really big game. But, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> so, but but let's not pretend like, oh, well, the problem, you know, I think some people want to just say, oh, well, the problem is Matthew Knight Arena. Nobody likes Matthew Knight Arena. No, that's not that's the answer not at all. The issue. And Matthew United Arena is honestly like it's a pretty damn cool place to watch a game. Yeah, it is cool. You tell them. <laughs> let's though let, let let's talk about the, you know the paying customer because I think the paying customer is a little bit different of an issue. Um, and and I don't know that paying customers are really down that much from Matt Court. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, it, it it certainly looks like it because they're more spread out, but but just general attendance I don't think is down that much. But certainly, I mean, there have been some things that the athletic department has done that's just like to me, it's like no wonder you don't get people. Here. Some of it's some of it's beyond control, right? Like in order to fill that building up, you got to get people down from Portland, which is just going to be hard to do for a weekday game period. Um, especially now with all the games on TV. Right. Like, like okay, am I going to drive down for a and, – and the weird tip times too. So it's like, am I going to drive down from Portland – For an hour and a half for game. A six o'clock, for a 6 o'clock tip-off um, on a Wednesday night when if I'm like a – if I'm a basketball fan that wants to see that game, I can just go home and put on the Pac-12 network. Yeah, and not like, leave work early. So, so, so to me, the goal is, you know, for 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 I think I think the weekday games, and and I, I'm not even talking like the, the not you know non-conference when you're playing like Portland State, because no 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 school in America sells those games, right? Unless you're like, Duke or Kansas, like you're gonna get your four thousand fans, and that's fine, whatever. Like I don't even care about that. Yeah, um, but. You know, for the weekday games, you know, you're you're going to mostly get kind of the Eugene crowd. Right. Um, and that's fine. Like, if, if you're getting, you know, if you're getting 7,000 on your weekday game, um, 
especially if it's you know like you know Wednesday night against Washington State. Like that's fine. Right. Let a dog be a dog. I, yeah. I, I you know I I think you hope you get a few more of that if you happen to draw Arizona or UCLA on a weekday. Mm-hmm. But to me, to me, what you've got to focus on if you're Oregon, and what you've got to be able to do, is you've got to be able to sell out or nearly sell out those weekend, those Saturday, Sunday conference games. Mm-hmm. That to me has to be where you look at is like this is what we can do. The easiest way to improve right away. Yes, we can. You know, Saturday against Washington, boom, we got to sell that game out. Yeah. Saturday against Oregon State, boom, we got to sell that game out. That article I cited earlier, by the way, Oregon drew Oregon State on a Saturday night. It was the worst Civil War attendance in 21 years. <laughs> it's not good. No. And a ton of that, too, is a result of pricing. So. Multi- on multiple levels. Um, yeah. So, I mean, so like the, a game against Utah, that's $15. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think earlier reports have said that that game is selling really well, which is, I mean, it's microeconomics. Uh, to say that if you decrease the price of something, it's going to get bought more. Well, so, granted, Utah is a good game, but it's just, I think that that's just huge. I think that, I think that the Oregon's kind of got to redo some of its pricing system for basketball. Sure. To me, you have two issues. Um, well, really three issues. I mean, one, I think football has gotten so expensive mm-hmm. with Oregon that a lot of people who, you know, may be like, yeah, I would go to bas- some more basketball games except – I'm now paying like more than I can really afford for football. And so maybe not. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. Cause that, um, that's how it works at, with my family is I, I always go to games with my dad and like football and everything's gotten so expensive, which is fine because it's football and yeah. I mean, let's be honest. Whatever. You're going to pick one, right? We know what you're going to go to. Right. And so it's kind of, once it gets to basketball season, it's kind of like, whoa. <laughs> We've already been to Eugene a lot of times, and like that soaked up a lot of like what we budgeted for this type of activity. Yeah. So, and then again, but, it's um, like we're gonna go down and watch a one and a half hour game, and it's gonna we're gonna spend more time on the way down than we do actually watching the game. Um, but you know, part of that too is that. You know, it used to be back in the Matt Court days that, you know, if you were a season ticket holder for both sports, you only had to give one uh, Duck Athletic Fund donation. Do you have to give two now? Now now you have to give two. Ooh, that's not good. And you've had to ever since Matthew Knight Arena opened. I can see the incentive for Oregon to do that to pay the bill, but... I mean, so you're doubling up the fee there. um, And then... I don't know what season tickets cost, but I can tell you, you know, I when 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 I when I'm paying myself to go to a basketball game, you know, I sit in the upper level just because that's that's what I can afford. You can get a ticket for under twenty bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm fortunate that my in-laws always get me uh, a pair of tickets for 
for my birthday, which is in February, and and they're nice enough that they get me like lower level tickets. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, you guys, you got good in laws. Yeah, my in laws are great, but uh, for a conference game for the one hundred level, fifty bucks a seat. <sighs> Woof. Well, I mean that's that's really expensive. <laughs> yeah, for basketball. Because I mean, what's uh, what's to get in? For Autzen, like seventy five. Yeah, and like that's for crappiest seat imaginable. Yeah, it might even be up to a hundred now. I don't think it's a hundred. I don't know. I haven't been able to go to Autzen in a very long time. I can't afford it. <laughs> the only times I've been to Autzen last few years have been on credentials. So. Oh yeah, thanks athletic department. <laughs> you guys are the best. Um. But, you know, so it's like, okay, I can pay, like I said, even even if you're a guy that's inclined to go to a basketball game like I am, God, I can pay, you know, 20 bucks a ticket. I've got five people in my family. So I can pay 100 bucks to sit in the upper level, 250 to sit in the lower level, uh, basically have a four-hour round trip. Um, and take up my entire day, or I can watch it on the Pac-12 network and watch other basketball games. And watch other basketball games, or play with my children, or oh, don't do that. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things too that like college basketball popularity as a whole has declined, kind of taking like whereas football is like king right now. And, like, a Saturday is, like, that's an experience. It's, like, a social event as much as it is, like, an actual game. And basketball is totally lacking that, especially at the collegiate level. And, I mean, how much of you think is, is due to the one-and-done rule kind of – do you think that's eroding away the quality of play? Or do you think that the the wide disparity between college and professional is just because they're college and professional players? Because I feel that the quality has diminished since the – placement of the one and done rule like to the point where if you watch a lot of nba college isn't even super like it's not at like a quality high enough to like spend that much time watching let alone go and attend i don't watch it necessarily because i expect the greatest basketball in the history of earth i maybe i'm thinking i don't necessarily think it's i don't necessarily think about the one and done thing being as much of an issue um for me it's just there's kind of a culture within college basketball right now that like there's so much transferring and just so much movement you've talked about Um, this before and it's what like what you're seeing at oregon and i guess that's the thing with college basketball in general what you're seeing at oregon where like players moving around and transfers and all this, like, th- th- that we talk about, like, you know, maybe that's kind of turning people off and, and hindering investment in the program. That's the thing is, that's not unique to Oregon right now. Like, that is just kind of the culture of college basketball. It's new Florida, to Oregon, but it's not it's, unique to Oregon. Correct. Um, you know, forty percent of all freshmen transfer at some point in their college career for basketball. There's very much a. 
for basketball. Okay, I didn't know if that was school wide. That'd be crazy if that was school wide. Like first, just schools. Forty percent of all freshmen in college basketball transfer at some point in their career. Um, you know, people don't stay around. I, I, I think there's kind of this like much more so in basketball than in football. Um, there's kind of this AAU culture where if I'm not going to play right away, like I don't want to stick around. And, and I think it's a lot of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Just very harmful to the game. Um, Yeah, I think it's – I don't think you see it in football because freshmen and even sophomores are often – very underdeveloped compared yeah. to the starters but in basketball guys can start playing right away and so and there's so many teams that if one school's not the right fit you can move on to the next one i think also just basketball in general just leads itself to a lot more of a me culture why uh i i i i think because teams are smaller and the impact Impact that one player can have on a team, um, you know, and, and and a lot of these kids go to schools where it's like high schools where I can take the game over. I mean, mm-hmm. can't you can't really take a football game over on your own unless you're Cam Newton <laughs> or Tim Tabau. I don't know. It's not an easy issue. No, um, but I think we pretty much solved it. So yeah, sure. let's go ahead and email the athletic director and just tell him we fixed the problem and to listen to the yeah. podcast. I think the, I think that's yeah. the best course from here. Sounds good. Anyway, um, I do have to run, so I think we're going to end this bad boy. You're going for a run this late? No, 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 no. Kidding, kidding. A kid. All right. Uh... Dave and Rusty, sling class. Talk to you again next week. See you later.